Welcome, you're listening to Sansish. Where you'll find everything to do with spirituality, life lessons, holistic living, and medicine. To become your true self. We all have stories, journeys, experiences, and love. Here's your host, Aaron O'Dowd. Today on Sansish, we have a guy named John Thompson, who is going to be joining on the Queen Mary event, providing treatments and workshops. He has done previous radio interviews and um, success in America. So hi, John. How are you doing? Um, how did you get introduced into all this, what you do and so on? My little career started when I was born, October 6th of 1944. Grew up in a town in the state of Washington in the United States that uh, was very, uh, you say, white bread, you might say. We did have one uh, colored boy in our school, who was a black person, and that was one person that I met my early years uh, other than white people. I became a, I kind of became a, I got a master's in order to basically do work in the Vietnam War, and besides that, a horrible thing. And I was dying for him, so I later became Deloney. And I'm very young, starting a little accounting firm in Seattle. And it all came to a screeching halt when I went to India. In 1976, uh, I had been on a trip to Switzerland and had been told that earlier I had met a, a man that, who was an attorney, it was actually a, a, an attorney specializing in entertainment. And I had had the uh, idea that I might want to do movies at some point as I was branching out from my accounting practice. And Essentially, he t- uh, on the wall of his office was a picture of a black man with an orange uh, robe, an Afro hairdo, and he said, that's uh, my teacher in India, a guy named Sai Baba. And I didn't pay too much attention, but he, he urged me to buy this book by a friend of his. Uh, it was a Jewish psychiatrist from San Diego, Dr. Sam Sandweiss. It's called Sai Baba, the Holy Man and the Psychiatrist. Well, basically, I, uh, I was doing this business for Switzerland and I found the book but never bothered to read it. And then, uh, as the only thing I could check out, so leaving to the last minute to be able to work. Seeing more amazing stuff uh, for the next afternoon and continue about just what I experienced in so, uh, can I tell you a little more what I might say? Just that, because he essentially got me going on energy because this guy is the most amazing energy specialist the world has seen since Krishna about 5,000 years ago. I've, I've heard the name, but my listeners or readers may have not. So could you explain what Sai Baba does or how did you find him or whatever comes to you? Basically, back in around 1938 or 1838, there was a fellow, a very strange fellow, born in the woods, actually, because his parents were on the way to spend their life in the woods and left him there. And his childhood is a little, a very important, kind of, a town called Shirdi, north of 
India. Essentially, uh, Shri Sababa was an avatar. Uh, called the Puna Avatar, which is like the major avatar. And the last one before that had been Krishna, like I say, 5,000 years ago. Where they essentially come when the world is on the brink of a destructive pattern, and they come. Essentially, this fellow was very amazing. He, I could talk again for a long time about his activities, but uh, at this point, uh, in every town in India, every even small little burg, there is a Shruti Sadlava booth, uh, bicycle shop, a Shruti Sadlava hotel, a Shruti Sadlava this and that. And the first Sadlava is among either the most famous or the second most famous saint in India, having died in 1920, 1918. So he lived 80 years, and it is best to put the Muslims and the Hindus together. So this guy would dress often like a Muslim but stay in the Hindu temple, or put the signs on his coloration of the third eye for the Hindu, but then go to the Muslim temple. He was just completely amazing. So anyway, he, he died in the 1840s. very unusual he was born in a town called with an Afro hairdo. Uh, it's right up there from the beginning. And all the time I've been to India, I haven't not met anybody else with an Afro. He, his full height that he ever reached was five feet tall. And basically, he was a miracle child from the get-go, which essentially is a sign of this major avatar. They show up not needing any instruction. They show up with the full powers of God uh, in the body. So the kinds of things that happened in his childhood were like they had the wish-fulfilling tree. So he's walking with his friends when he's seven or eight. And Somebody wants an apple, somebody wants a mango, somebody else wants a banana. Guess what's all growing in the same branch on the wish fulfilling tree? And that's the kind of stuff he did as a child, and so he started his mission when he was 14 and did continuously for 71 years in a town called, in his hometown, by the way, which ended up having a world university that one year, three or four years ago was the name of the top college in India, a planetarium, um, several hospitals, all of which are free. The hospitals are free, the schools are free. And when people go as, uh, and they still go, just like he passed away, by the way, on two years ago, Christmas Day, when he was 85. Uh, but everything was, uh, all these services, hospitals and schools are all free, all over India. Wow. Including, wanted to do super specialty, there's a super specialty hospital that was actually constructed by the man who built, who started Hard Rock Cafes. Wow. I think Tigret. Yeah. And uh, this hospital uh, had the first thousand heart surgeries without any, um, without any losing of patients. So anyway, it's, I can, like I said, I could go on and on and on about Sai Baba, but what, uh, how this leads into my energy practice is that here I was able to spend over, I can see, 17 trips with many interviews, seeing an absolute energy master right in front of me. So then, now I always, he's always with me. So that's the kind of relationship you have with Sai Baba. So now the final part of it is, uh, long before he passed away, he materialized several photographs of what he says is the third incarnation, which will lead to the golden age of peace being established. So he's already made photos of what he'll look like in this third incarnation. He's gonna be about five feet tall. Now he'll look a bit like Jesus, with a nice little goatee and a little beard like that. Big brown eyes about five foot five. He says, in that lifetime, which is my first lifetime, I was all male energy. 
my second lifetime is Satya Sai Baba, it was half male, half female. Because in the third lifetime, I will be all male body, but all female energy. Because we need the female energy to predominate in order to bring in the golden age. So essentially, this little uh, one is going to be called Prima Sai Baba. Sai Baba already told where he'll be born, what his name will be. And uh, so he's either about to be born, and uh, essentially, he, uh, before Sai Baba left, he told Isaac Tigrid, uh, hours and hours giving information on what's ahead. He said, the starting, actual starting of the Golden Age is 2033. So obviously, there's a lot of mopping up to be done in the meantime. I, I won't talk all the time about that because you're actually about energy, and so I can ramble a bit more. I can lead you through to that 1976, which was my big key, because that year I also met Joe Graziano in Phoenix, who was massaging my grandmother's feet. <laughs> turned out he was a reflexologist. And so he said, well, there's a part of your body, you can just press any spot in your foot and some on your hands, and you can take care of anything that goes wrong. I said, well, that's easy to say and hard to prove. I was quite a skeptical young accountant. And uh, he said, well, schedule an appointment the next morning. So we scheduled an appointment. He touches on my toes, the middle toe and the one next to the little pinky toe, uh, right along the uh, nails, and it hurt like hell. And he says, yeah, you have either hay fever or allergies, right? Turned out I had, since I was 21, I had been sneezing all the time. He says, yeah, just press these spots and you won't need those pills anymore. And then going down the arch of my foot, he gets to the bottom, he says, the lower part of your back's a little, needs a little help, doesn't it, right? I've had since I was 12, it's lower back. Yeah, I just press here and that'll help there. And he touches a little higher in my head, going, he says, oh, it works, huh? And he was doing everything right with me. So then with my wife at that time, he was inching down the arch of her foot and says, hmm, stop at the top, he says, it's vertebrates out of place. He was an expert, he was a real master of reflexology, and so basically, since 1976, I've been working on my own feet and hands, and whoever I happen to notice sneezing or needing a lower back problem or shoulder needs to be helped. So basically, it's something that we like teaching to whoever we're around, and so that's part of what's happening on the Queen Mary with the Alive and Well event. Are you going to be there? I'm here on the ship, and I'll be presenting. Um... My own background is Reiki and energy. I'm visually impaired, um, so that's my first background. And also, like yourself, I'm I do Kriya Yoga. Um, I don't know if you okay. I don't know if you heard of it. I, I took that uh, to the Yogananda thing and then started doing it with Sai Baba's mantra. Well, basically, I'll cruise right along to '76 because that's been something that is. Reflexology, I consider everyone should know how to do it themselves. I totally agree with you. It's the, I think it's the, the quick diagnosis for medical professions.
So all those came to me in 1976 in addition to being introduced to a practice that at that time in the United States was called a rebirthing. And essentially rebirthing is uh, pranayama, breath of fire, okay. uh, done for a long period of time. Like... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I got into basically for quite a period of time doing that for a couple hours a day. And that was a wonderful period of time when I had that kind of time available. But that's a daily practice. Everyone should do a course with a powerful mantra. Yeah. Um, so basically those things all came in 1976 to me and uh, shifted from my promising young accounting career to where uh, I did get into um, several business things that some worked out well, some didn't. But then straight into children's publishing in 1987. Uh, or actually, initially, the first book that drove us into publishing was one called Peace at Last, The After-Death Experience of John Lennon. Okay, okay. It's a fascinating book that deals with John's last day on Earth and then his, all the experiences of going through the first years of uh, the different temples. Uh, then we did The Death of the Prophet, which was the completion of Cahill Gibran's trilogy that started with the Prophet. Okay. And... So anyway, then at this point, we have nearly 40 children's titles under the title Illumination Arts. Uh, for anybody interested in looking at the web, it's www.illumination.com. Okay. Another treat we'll have on Friday is at uh, 1 o'clock, my wife, Primalia, is giving a fascinating talk on getting into our inner divinity in a number of fun and fascinating ways. So I'll continue just answering your question on how uh, all of this transpired, and then because another key date for me was uh, 1994 when I was playing golf. At that point, I was supporting my expense addiction to children's publishing. I uh, was managing a uh, a thousand apartment units in Oklahoma City area. So I was spending a solid week every month and doing having people on site helping and etc. But and I was playing golf every Saturday, and one of the guys we played golf with was Bob, a cab driver. One of Bob's uh, cab fares had given him a kombucha mushroom starter. And he, he mentioned this health drink, he's drinking kombucha mushroom tea, and I didn't pay much attention until Bob's emphysema starts going away. He was a serious smoker. And then over the summer, Bob's hair started changing color. So uh, Linda Cavanaugh, a premier lady on Channel 4 in Oklahoma City. All of a sudden, I was interviewing one, uh, two ladies one night. Uh, they'd been bedridden for years. They were in their 80s. And all of a sudden, somebody gave them a kombucha mushroom starter, and they're out enjoying life in their gardens again. Okay. And so when it was on the full page, front page of our life section in Seattle in October, I said, well, I wanted one of those starters. So essentially, I've been drinking kombucha mushroom tea every every week since 1994. And after six months, my cholesterol had fallen from 305 to 200. Wow. And the cutting my hair thought I was dying my hair. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So at age, uh, in October, I will be 69, and yet I have more strength now than I did when I was in my 30s or 40s. And is that from the tea? Yeah. And I can reach my shrimp tea, plus this whole, you know, that, plus the breathing, Huge emphasis on everybody should know how to control their breath and to work with their breath on a, you know, as you well know, you know, with your Korea 
Yeah. Yeah. So, and then a spinning. Uh, about 1994, I ran into a little book called The Fountain of Youth. Have you encountered that one? No, I haven't. Well, it's a fascinating little uh, story about this ancient. He actually was uh, about 50 years old, but he'd aged rapidly. This guy had been in the service, uh, the government service over in India. And he had come back to the States, and well, maybe it was, I think he came back to England, uh, and was kind of not doing so well, but he was going to give a little presentation uh, that he was heading to India because he's heard of this secret society uh, hidden away in the volumes or whatever, but they had to found the view. And so all the people there were young. And so he heads out, and he had told through the story of a guy he invited to go with him but didn't go. And so five years go by, and the colonel shows up again, and the guy barely recognizes him because he looks 10 years younger than he had five years earlier. And he had found the fountain of youth. And it was this wonderful place. Essentially, it boils down to um, six practices that everybody was doing. Okay. And five of them were just ordinary, normal, simple yoga practices. I see. Like the sun salutation and all the ones you do when you first start doing yoga. The other one, the sixth, is spinning. Oh. That is a serious anti-aging thing. Yeah. So basically, the way it's taught in this book is you start out the first day and do three spins. Next day, uh, you do three spins, morning and evening. It takes about a millisecond. Uh, about the fourth day, you make it four spins. Another three days go by at four, and then pretty soon you're at five. And so after, and basically, you really don't have as high as you want, but you, uh, 21 spins is a nice practice. It's going to be done in a couple minutes, that morning and afternoon. And it's a wonderful, powerful practice. So that became part of my quote, anti-aging program or non-aging. And uh, then, uh, for me, uh, the most recent and most powerful thing, and you'll experience it when we're there, is orgone energy. Have you dealt much with that yet? Orgone, O-R-G-O-N-E, energy. Yeah, I, I witnessed this. Well, I'll just tell you, I first ran into it uh, about 2007, what, about six years ago. Uh, and the ones that were being made then were very, um, much less powerful than the ones today. Yeah. Um, but uh, I can give a little bit of background because it's really, for me, the guy who we owe uh, a huge debt to in society is Dr. Wilhelm Reich from Austria. Thank you for spending the time to listen to the show. If you want to learn more, check out sansish.com. That's S-A-N-C-I-T dot com. Join Sansish Group on Facebook and contact us if you have any questions. Until next time, have an awesome day and rock on.